If someone tells you they got a mortgage and then you ask them, what type of loan did you get? Most likely they got a conventional loan. It is the most popular or prevalent loan type. As a result, at the end of this video, we'll cover some home buying basics. But before that, we'll cover the specific conventional guidelines you came for, such as loan limits, credit requirements, down payment requirements, who is a first time home buyer, how the appraisal works, debt to income ratio requirements, and even a light dusting of the renovation loan. Yes, there is a conventional renovation loan. Let's get into it. Welcome back to House Rich, the first time home buyer show where we help millennials figure out how in the world do I buy my first home? Today we're covering the conventional loan guideline. So let's jump right into it. You probably want to know how much home can I buy? Well, let's start with a single family property. The loan limit is $726,200. Going all the way up to a four unit property, the loan limit is $1,396,800. Now, if you're in a high cost of living area, such as like LA's, parts of DC, Maryland, the DMV, your loan limit for a single family property is $1,089,300. It increases as you go all the way up to a four unit property. Now let's cover a couple examples because those are the loan limits, not the purchase price. So let's say you're buying a $745,000 property. You're putting down 3% that comes out to $22,350. Your loan amount will be $722,650. So you're below the loan limit. Now let's say you're looking at a $750,000 property. You put down 3%. That down payment is $22,500. Now your loan amount would be $727,500. So you are above the conventional loan limits. As a result, it will be a jumbo loan, which has a lot higher credit requirements, down payment requirements, reserve requirements, etc. So you don't want to be in the jumbo threshold. As a result, what you do in the scenario, you just put down another $1,300 to take you down to the conventional loan limit. Let's talk about those high cost of living areas. If you want to know if you're in one, just Google conventional loan limits map and FHFA. It should be the first result. It'll also be down in the description. You'll see the map that is before your eyes right now. So the areas that are highlighted a certain color are above the normal conventional loan limits. Now let's look at a couple areas, for example. So Hawaii or the LA County area, surprise, they go all the way up to the max of $1,089,300 for a single family property. If we travel up to the Seattle area, King County, your loan limit is $977,500. If we go to New York, not like Manhattan, because that's also in the million dollar area. But if you go to Dutchess County, your loan limit is $726,500. So it is slightly above the normal conventional loan limit. So depending on where you are, it could go all the way up to that max or be somewhere in between. But check the map for your specific area. Let's talk down payment requirements, because this is where a lot of people get mixed up. You'll hear a conventional loan is 5% down. Then you'll hear a conventional loan is 3% down. Here's when it's 3 and here's when it's five. If you're a first time home buyer, it is 3% down. A first time home buyer per conventional guidelines is somebody that's not been on the deed to a property in the last three years, whether you've actually lived in that property currently or not. Or you can be a not first time home buyer, but you can get a home ready or home possible loan 
We'll dive into that a little bit more in a second. If you're not a first time home buyer, but this is your primary residence, that's when it's 5% down. Or if you are a first time home buyer, but you're purchasing in one of those high balance or high cost of living areas, the down payment is 5%. We're still on a primary residence. If you're looking at a duplex, your down payment is going to be 15%. If you're looking at a three to four unit property, up to 25%. This is why if you're looking to buy a multifamily property, you should pretty much always go conventional due to the only 3.5% down payment requirement, no matter how many units it is. If you're looking at a second home or vacation property, that down payment requirement is 10% down. If you're looking at an investment property, that minimum down payment is 15% down. So where does the 20% down thing come from? It has to do with dropping the mortgage insurance. Once you put down 20% initially on a property, you do not have mortgage insurance on the property. However, that leads to another myth, which is once you pay down the loan amount down to 20%, the mortgage insurance automatically drops for a conventional loan. That is actually not accurate for a conventional loan. If you don't put down that 20% initially, the mortgage insurance does not drop off until the 78% mark automatically. If you wanted to drop off earlier, you need to contact them and ask them what you need to do to meet that 20% equity requirement, AKA an 80% loan to value ratio. And that could be either a certified market analysis, which is somebody just saying, hey, I think that's what the property's worth. That's somebody being a realtor, or you may have to get an appraisal done or another option from your lender. But make sure you keep an eye on that because they will not contact you at 80, you gotta contact them. Also, as a reminder, one of the huge distinctions between mortgage insurance on an FHA loan and a conventional loan is, one, an FHA loan has upfront mortgage insurance, which is 1.75% of the loan amount, and the mortgage insurance stays on the loan forever, no matter what your loan-to-value ratio is, unless you initially put down 10% on your FHA loan, which, why in the world would you do that? Then it falls off at the 11-year mark credit requirements. For a conventional loan, you need at least a 620 credit score to meet the minimum qualifying guidelines. Having said that, lenders have overlays, which means that they could require you to have a higher credit score. Having said that as well, very hard to qualify at a 620 credit score for a conventional loan. So try to shoot for at least a 640 credit score. And for conventional loans, typically your better pricing starts at about a 680 credit score. This is for a primary residence. Now, if you're looking at stuff like a duplex, you're going to need at least a 640 credit score and a three or four unit property, somewhere between a 640 and 660 credit score. Now, there are other showstoppers as far as credit events that will stop you dating your tracks no matter what your credit score is. If you've had a bankruptcy chapter 7 or 13, you're going to need to wait between 2 to 4 years depending on the bankruptcy type. If you've had a deed in lieu of foreclosure or a short sale, you're going to need to wait at least 4 years. If you had an actual foreclosure, you're going to need to wait at least 7 years in order to apply. Also, if you have an IRS debt, you're going to need to have a payment plan in place with the IRS to get funding. And also, whatever that payment is will be added to your debt-to-income ratio. So be aware of that. Now, in interest rates, which are better for a conventional or FHA loan? So typically for an FHA loan, your interest rate is going to be better than a conventional. However, your mortgage insurance will be higher than it is for a conventional. So you got to remember, keep in mind, as I said earlier, 
the mortgage insurance on the FHA loan stays on the loan forever unless you initially put down 10%. As a result, the only way to drop mortgage insurance on an FHA loan is to refinance into a conventional. So unless you're house hacking or just can't qualify for a conventional loan, you might as well always start there because you're going to have to pay thousands of dollars to refinance into a conventional loan. And also, who even knows where rates will be at the time? So let's say you lock in a 5% FHA rate. Let's say rates go up to 6%. So now if you refinance to a conventional loan, your rate will be 6%. In that scenario, it makes no sense to refinance because your principal and interest payment may go up, which cancels out knocking out the mortgage insurance. That's why even if your conventional rate is slightly higher, you still want to compare the two quotes looking at what the payment will be assuming the mortgage insurance drops off. Because typically you can drop your mortgage insurance anywhere between three to six years after purchase. Debt to income ratio or DTI. So you're back in debt to income ratio, which is basically your monthly finance debts plus the future mortgage payment divided by your income before taxes can go up to 49.99%. Having said that, and this is obviously your call, Going up to that 49% debt to income ratio is very dangerous because as I mentioned, that income is before taxes. You're obviously getting your income after taxes. So your real life debt to income ratio may be close to like 70, 80%. So it may be hard for you to save and kind of live the lifestyle you want to live. That's why you're here folks saying home ownership is so expensive. I don't have any money because they could qualify for a number, but they couldn't necessarily afford that number. What you can afford and what you can qualify are two different numbers. My best tip on figuring out what you can qualify for is to take whatever you're paying for rent and work backwards to see how that equates to a principal interest taxes and insurance payment. If you want more guidance on that, there is a video down in the description on how to tackle that. When we're talking your minimum finance payments, we're talking about stuff that you had to get your credit pulled and is actually financed. So we're talking like car payments. We're talking your minimum credit card payments. We're talking like a loan you may have took out to pay for X. We're not, and also your student loans as well. We're not talking like um, phone bills. We're not talking cable bills and stuff like that. Here's a quick example. Let's say you have a $500 a month car payment and a $100 minimum credit card payment and you make $5,000 a month. So we have 600 for your monthly finance debts plus X, which is your future mortgage payment divided by your income before taxes. Now to solve for X, yes, the math required here, you take 5,000, multiply it by 50% and you get 2,500. Now you subtract the 600 from the 2,500 and that is the max number for your future mortgage payment. Once again, not to be confused with what you can afford. It may be more, but you're capped at what you can qualify for, or it may be less, and you should cap yourself at what you can afford. Let's tackle income a little bit more. You're going to need a two-year work history for a conventional loan, unless you're right out of college and that two-year work history requirement is null and void. Now, if you have any non-standard pay, so we're talking like commission, we're talking bonuses, we're talking overtime. You need a two-year history of those items. If you don't have two years, it can't be used and the underwriter is going to actually use an average. So let's say your bonus is $10,000 year one and $15,000 year two. Your average is $12,500. Now let's say you have a bonus of $15,000 year one and $10,000 year two. Your underwriter is going to use 
the lower one because it's declining and now your bonus will be $10,000. Now, if you're self-employed, you're gonna need a two-year history of self-employment. However, do not try to calculate your self-employment income yourself. Talk to a lender, because here's what happens is, you take your taxes to a CPA or you try to do it yourself, and your goal or their goal is to write off everything under the sun. Great for you come tax time. However, your lender can only use your taxable income. The vast majority of self-employed people have a lot less usable income than they actually think. I remember my first year as a lender, I had a guy that made $120,000 before taxes. However, the CPA did their magic and wrote off everything under the sun. As a result, he only made $15,000 in usable income. So he could actually afford the house pretty easily, but he could only qualify. Well, actually he couldn't qualify at all. Sorry, not sure why I'm laughing here, but uh, because he only made $15,000 and couldn't qualify for the home on paper, unfortunately. With a conventional loan, you can get a gift to help with the down payment. I'm gonna read directly from the Fannie Mae conventional guidelines to let you know who can actually give you a gift. It says a relative defined as a borrower's spouse child or other dependent or by any other individual who is related to the borrower by blood, marriage, adoption, or legal guardianship, or a non-relative that shares a familial relationship with the borrower defined as a domestic partner or relative of the domestic partner, individual engaged to marry the borrower, former relative, or godparent. Those are the only people that can provide you a gift when it comes to a conventional loan. So no, your rich best friend or very close lady or girlfriend cannot give you $10,000, $20,000 to help towards the down payment, unfortunately. Or probably fortunate for you, you have somebody that nice, but in this scenario, it doesn't work for the uh, conventional guidelines. Now, the seller can help pay your closing costs through something called seller concessions. These are the limit caps. If you put down between zero or really three to 10%, the max seller concession is 3%. If you put down between 10 and 25%, the max is 6%. Above 25%, the max is 9%. If you're purchasing an investment property, no matter what the down payment is, the max seller concession is 2%. Appraisal. The appraisal for a conventional loan is more forgiving than an FHA loan. With an FHA loan, there are certain things that have to be fixed in our showstopper, such as open outlets, railings not being on steps, standing water in a backyard. So in a situation like that, you may have to get the backyard re-sloped on the property. This is one of the many reasons that realtors tend to favor conventional offers over FHA offers when recommending the equivalent offer to a seller. Also with a conventional loan, the appraisals are transferable per the guidelines. So for instance, if you go to lender A, you get an appraisal done with them. If for some reason something happens and you want to switch to another lender in the middle of the process, be careful when doing this, but it's your right to do that. You, by guideline standards, can transfer the appraisal, but you do need to check with that lender to see if they will accept it. Because as I mentioned, lenders have overlays so they don't have to go by the conventional guidelines. They can stack on additional requirements on top of that. Also, at the lender's discretion, you have what's called a desktop appraisal or an appraisal waiver. A desktop appraisal is what it sounds like. An appraiser sits at a desk, looks at several homes in the area, and comes up with a home price. Now, if you have a desktop appraisal done and you don't like the results, because maybe you're in an area that are, may have older homes, but the inside of the home you're buying is like bananas. Everything's been renovated. There's, there's a pool inside for some reason. There are a bunch of upgrades inside the property. In that scenario, you typically want to get 
an actual hands-on appraisal done so that the appraiser can go inside and actually factor the upgrades into the appraisal. With the desktop, they're literally just looking at similar homes in the area and just doing a calculation based on square footage, bedrooms, bathrooms, etc. Now, in a situation where the purchase price of the home may be so far under the average value of homes in the neighborhood, the lender may allow you to do a complete appraisal waiver, which means you don't need an appraisal if you didn't pick that up. But to be clear, an appraisal never waives the need for an inspection. Always, always, always get your property inspected, no matter what your realtor says will work out best for getting your offer accepted. Because let's say your offer does get accepted because you waive the inspection. Now you go to live in the home and a month later it starts to rain and your roof's leaking and now you have a $20,000 roof repair that needs to be done. What did you actually win by doing that? Your realtor won a commission and you won a $15,000 roof bill. Congrats. Now let's cover the Homestyle Renovation Loan. It is similar to an FHA 203k loan, but there seems to be a lot more leeway with the FHA 203k loan. So the big benefit of this is you can roll the purchase price, the repairs into one loan amount. You can use this on any property type, a one unit to four unit property, primary residence, a second home or an investment property. You can do things such as renovate the kitchen, renovate the bathroom, do landscaping outside, put a smaller house on the property. You can not do things such as put a bigger house on the property or any changes to the property that change it by more than 50%. I think that's it guys and gals. If you got value, let me know. Leave a comment down below. I'm here in the Dallas area, but can help you in any of the 50 states. So if you need help, contact me. My information is down below. I'd love to help you reach your home ownership goals. But as always, buy land. Rumor has it, they're not making any more of it.